Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Right, so last night's AEW Dynamite was entitled Holiday Bash. Okay, here's my holiday, here's my bash. Oh, that was unnecessary. Let's up those doubts. So Dynamite started this week by running down every single thing that had happened on last week's episode. And while they have done this before, I tell you, they just made it feel like the biggest deal ever. To the point you were like, well, I want to see Brian Danielson, I want to see MGF, and you bet your ass, I want to see Ricky Starks. And that's exactly what happened too, because Starks then made his way to the ring to cut a promo. And I would think one of the things that AEW has been learning over the years is that you don't just want to jump an angle cold, especially when you have a superstar who has momentum. And that's what Rick has. Then he came out here and he smashed it. So I'm now convinced in about a year's time, we should go back to the Maxwell-Ricky Starks feud and Starks should get the win and become the AEW world champion. And he even said that here. He was like, well, if I find myself at the bottom and I have to climb my way back up to the mountaintop, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I was sat there going, yeah, Rick, go get him. He also shouted why at one point, like I do in my videos. Now, this wasn't a shout out or a wink, wink, nudge, nudge or anything like that, but I'm such a massive loser. It made me warm and fuzzy in my tum tum. T-shirts now available on Pro Wrestling Tees. I ain't even kidding. He just knew that he was going to get interrupted by someone because it was an opening show, sports entertainment promo. And of all the people, it was the Jericho Appreciation Society. But why do we do this? Well, it's simple. Chris Jericho is a legend. Chris Jericho is the man. And Chris Jericho is a Hall of Famer. So when he got on the microphone, I was like, man, Ricky Starks, I know you lost last week, but you're a million dollar talent. You're so great. My word, I just want to come down there and give you a hug. All of a sudden, a bunch of people would have gone, oh man, well, if Jericho likes this, Rick, maybe should I? And of course, Christopher wanted Starks to be in his group. And Ricky said no. Well, no, he didn't say no. He said it was amazing that Jericho had gone from looking like an air fryer to a father who had been divorced five times. He also said that the J in the JAS stood for jobbers because, of course, last week Jericho had lost to Action Andrete, so we were tying this in too. Honestly, I just started doing the dance of joy. It's weird, isn't it? Stokes also said that Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara, who are also out here, were a couple of jazz holes. 
and that was absolutely terrible, and therefore it did a 180 and it became brilliant, when he looked at Jericho and said, you know what, the first Dynamite of 2023, I want you in the ring. Of course, this is when Jake Hagar popped up behind Ricky Starks with his hat and started to beat the crap out of him. But you just knew that somebody had to make the save and it was action. So look at what has happened to this guy within a week. He has become a massive deal. And also it means here on Ups and Downs, we get to call someone by the name Action. You have no idea how happy this makes me. They also took out Jericho, which meant the good guys finished the segment standing tall and basically told you, hey, in the next 12 months, these guys are going to fly and they should because they have wings. I am giving it up. And then our first match was the fifth in the series between the Death Triangle and the Elite. And of course, this one is no DQ. Get your seal hands out because once again, they just did exactly what they had to do. I mean, one of the first things that the Triangle of Death did was flip out of these power bombs before they hit a bunch of 2022 wrestling dives. And we also had goofy wrestling because Michael Nakazawa decided to get in the ring and Brandon Cutler was there too, <laughs> dressed like an elf. And he started spraying people with the cold spray. Could we give that guy some kind of award? Because he totally gets it. Penta hated all this so much, he started to smash people with a trash can when Nick Jackson, wounded ankle and all, was doing a moonsault. When all of a sudden, Penta was back with a sling blade. All of this happened in around about eight seconds when, of course, we introduced tables and a Christmas tree into the mix. Because it was no disqualification. It was the holiday season. And when you put all those things together and you see a Christmas tree... For some reason, the wrestler brain goes, well, yeah, that could be a weapon. Pack and friends were also being massive assholes because they went after Nick's leg like it was flashing red, as if he was some kind of end of game boss. This is when Kenny Omega and Matt Jackson got quite worried because Omega got the trash can and he just threw it at these idiots to calm them down when Matt Jackson did a moonsault of his own. It's just so damn fun. Omega then found a barbed wire broom and I was like, well, who the hell came up with that and who the hell put it under the ring? And he was smashing Phoenix with it, which meant Pack and Penta found themselves on a couple of tables when the Jacksons went to the top rope and they just crushed them through the wood. But yeah, we have definitely escalated this. Kenny was then just dropping people with this aggressive broom. And imagine trying to wipe the floor with that. You'd be like, ow, ow, ow. When somebody walked in and go, why don't you use a normal broom? Well, he went for the one-win angel. But Phoenix got it out of that when he hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And he only got a two because Kenny Omega kicked out. Who could keep up with this? Then got a brutalizer by Pac, who I think was also using Christmas tinsel to make it twice as brutal. When the Death Triangle all had some hammers. And I audibly said out loud, well, now they're just turning into Cooper Troopers. They were going to go after Kenny, but the Young Bucks were having none of that. So they stopped all of this. They focused on Phoenix. They were able to hit the Meltzer driver and they got the one, two, three. And honestly, it was just so damn entertaining. And given that this was match number five, if the fact they just keep coming up with new spots, well, they too deserve some kind of a hug and some kind of a kiss. Terrific professional wrestlers. It also means the elite are now three to two down, although they may be screwed next time. Because afterwards, you bet your ass the Death Triangle got some hammers and they went after Nick Jackson's injured leg. Now, Phoenix kind of seemed a bit annoyed about this, but I was like, you better shut up, Phoenix. You are just as guilty as everybody else. I've seen what you've done in the past. I am just absolutely loving this series, though, and the fact that it's all backed up by sports based programming, because again, they are in a best of seven. Well, just sign me up for a few more. We also continued to pay off last week as well because we were then in the back with MJF, who turned his attentions to Brian Danielson and said, 
you are an absolute goober. Maxwell also thinks he's a gutless prick that wants to eat off his table. Given that he is the champion and given that his reign of terror is now beginning, he's going to make sure Danielson gets nothing but scraps because he's the king. So to tie into what we talked about on Raw Ups and Downs, we are now upping and downing every single segment on a show as ridiculous and as crazy as that is. And if this is a way to kick off the MJ Danielson feud, well, then it did a great job. I mean, I want to see that match. Tony Schiavone was then interviewing Action Andrete in the back, which was also a great idea because it meant two segments with this dude. And when it comes to building a new star, sometimes more is more. He talked about how the fact he beat Jericho has changed his life when, of course, the JAS interrupted. And Matt Menard and Angelo Parker all like, oh man, you're on fire, you're on fire right now. When Action turned around, Jericho arrived. <laughs> he just blew this flame right into Andretti's skull, so he's become Dalsim again. Now, sometimes this fire paper stuff goes awry, but that was not the case here, because it hit action so hard in the face, I was like, dude, you're going to have to ring John Travolta. I mean, this would have killed a normal man. Talk about getting your heat back. <laughs> yes, that was a pun. I know, I shouldn't be let out of the house either, but I tell you, talk about a way to build the feud, get it out. Randy Paquette was then in the ring, ready to chat to Brian Danielson. And I thought this was lovely because it was old friends back together again. Rennie's first question was about the Blackpool Combat Club and how they felt about Danielson's relationship with William Regal. And Brian was totally honest about this. He was like, look, I was trained by Shawn Michaels, which didn't get a Shawn Michaels chant. But the person that taught me the most and the person that made me into the wrestler I am today was none other than William Regal. So I owe that man everything. And when I saw him in the hospital, I looked at the skies and I started to cry. Oh my gosh, that got me too. So it's basically too much for him and actions must have consequences, which is why he's now going after Maxwell Jacob Friedman. and He's going to take everything from him, including the AEW title. He just knew somebody was going to come out because wrestling and Brian was hoping it was going to be Friedman. But it wasn't because instead we got Stokely Hathaway and All Ego Ethan Page. Huh. They called him Vegetable Man, which stopped me in my tracks. I was like, wait a minute, they just call him Vegetable Man. And they absolutely did. And their point was this. Ethan Page was in the finals of the world title tournament. So why isn't he getting a shot? And why the hell is it going for Brian Danielson? This is when I put my hand up, which is very strange because I was just in a room by myself. And I was like, Ethan, please come here, which is also weird because he was on TV. He wasn't in this room. But I was like, I like you a lot. You're one of my favorite wrestlers. But the reason you ain't getting it is because you lost. Danielson responded to all of this by saying he couldn't hear what they were saying because of the glare shining off of Stokely Hathaway's head. Now, Mr. American Dragon, oh, my eye patch came off. I am a big fan of yours. I like you muchly, but it just happened, okay? Do you think I woke up one day and wanted to be a non-haired person? No, I did not. But now I have to struggle through it. So in future, if you could just appreciate our concerns, we would appreciate it. Anyhow, Stokely said that Danielson was a raggedy bitch. So this was just the greatest segment when it came to insults. When Ethan Page was like, listen, Brian, I know how we can sort this. Why don't we have a match next week on Dynamite? And I am totally cool with all of this. Because I want 2023 to be the year where we push all the people. Push MGF, push Ricky Starks, push Jungle Boy, push Ethan Page. Because wrestling is all about building new stars. And who doesn't want to see Ethan Page versus Brian Danielson? That match will be a banger. Give it a nap. MGF was also watching all of this from backstage. So methinks The Firm and Maxwell may be about to get together again. Because of course, as we learned recently, that was meant to be the plan. We shall wait and see. 
From nowhere, we then got told on Rampage, we are going to have the Three Kings Christmas Casino trios roll out. I was, wait a minute, I thought I had that at Burger King the other day. The winner gets $300,000, and I would assume gets a trios title shot as well, when we cut to John Moxley, who was like, yep, I'm going to be entering this along with Claudio and Wheeler Utah. Almost. Hangman Adam Page. Remember when you tried to attack me last week and you got the ship kicked out of you? What the hell is your problem and when are we going to fight for real? He also accused the cowboy of having a glass jaw and said that he was going to do the same to Darius Martin later. And I tell you, given this match and the way that Jonathan is talking recently, kind of feels like he's about to turn heel. Now, I could be completely wrong. It's fun to speculate. So this was Mox being Mox, but as we've learned in 2022, Mox being Mox is a really good thing. Honestly, he's like the king of Friday nights now as well. You have to tune into Rampage to see him absolutely smash people. Give it a that. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. We then had the best video ever with Samoa Joe. Because he was all like, happy Christmas to everybody, including Wardlow, until we get to our match. And then I'm taking back my Christmas greetings. That's absolutely genius. It's absolutely wonderful. You could not come up with a more immature insult. That's why I love Samoa Joe. And I tell you this, I cannot wait for that match. 
big men slapping man meat. Exodus Prime was then on Dynamite. Club, yeah. Here's my new favorite wrestler and a transformer because it's as simple as this. You can pick whatever name you want when you get into professional wrestling and he chose Exodus Prime. Straight away, I want to be his best friend. Problem is that he was taking on Hook who has leveled up to Dynamite. He whipped his ass. I mean, there's not much to talk about here. Hook just threw him around like he was Megatron and eventually locked in the red rum. So Exodus Prime was done. And then he stood up and kind of went, oh, look at my wonderful hair the crowd made a lot of noise. It did tie into his new relationship with Jungle Boy Jack Perry though, because the cameras were then in the back with Stokely Hathaway, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty, and they were beating the flub out of the boy from the jungle. And they even choke slammed him into a dumpster. I was like, wait a minute, that shouldn't be a thing. Hook didn't need Lee to go and help his buddy, so I do hope we're gonna do this as a tag team in 2023 as well. We'd probably win the titles at one point, so it is gonna get an up. And also here was when wrestling did that cool segue thing, because as Hook was leaving, John Moxley's music started to play. He was about to take on Darius Martin. Now you already know the deal here, because of course Mox did win, but he gave Darius so much and just allowed him to have a little bit of momentum to the point I'd like to see him in more singles matches. And John did know sell a lot of this in the early going because he was the bigger guy, but that's when Darius was like, okay, so I can't beat him with strength. Why don't I beat him with speed? And he actually was able to knock Moxie to the outside of the ring. Terrible idea because John just grabbed him and threw him into Barry Barricade. And I was like, oh boy, he's dead. Moxie also hit a suplex into the crowd. So I was like, oh, this dude is absolute toast. And even when Darius was able to hit a 2022 wrestling dive, Moxley just took his elbow, started whamming it right into his head. Like he thought there was goo inside. And if he sucked on the goo, all of a sudden he would be twice the man he already was. I don't know. Martin was still able to get out with a brain buster. And he's really good at fighting from underneath. So you got behind him. Especially when Moxley ripped off his knee brace. And let's not forget that Darius Martin has struggled a lot with knee injuries. So once again, you start waggling your finger and thinking to yourself, is he about to go bad guy? I guess you don't do that though, because all of a sudden Darius went absolutely crazy and hit this excellent flatliner. But when he went for the crossbody, it happened again. <laughs> Moxley took the hardest bits of his body and just smashed him up. Of course, that led to the bulldog choke into the Death Rider and he got the one, two, three and John Moxley did win this. And I do believe we have to keep our eye on what he may be going to do. I also thought Darius Martin looked good here, giving it up. We then got another excellent video for powerhouse Will Hobbs and flubbed me sideways. He talked about the fact that when he was a kid, he saw his uncle overdose and he got stabbed and he got killed. And given that this was done by monsters, he has now become a monster himself. So these are really good. And when he does come back, he should just squash fools for ages until he does become a champion. Pick whichever belt you want, giving it up. And then... <laughs> Flub me sideways. For it was FTR versus the guns and I was being that guy. I took my tush and I put it into the couch and watched this going, well, there's no way that FTR's going to win. They've lost the last two matches and I can't believe they're going to lose a third. Now, I really should have thought about this, especially given what happened between Chris Jericho and Action Andretti last week. And while it wasn't at that level, when Austin and Colton did get the victory, I kind of spun around because I couldn't believe it. It also feels like Cash and Dax are on a bit of a losing streak because they are now 0-3 and it will probably happen again at Wrestle Kingdom. And honestly, we also had a story to this because the whole time the commentators were going, well, FDR shouldn't even be in there to begin with. After their war with the Briscoes, they're not at 100% and the doctor tried to stop them, but they wouldn't listen. I don't know why anybody was speaking in a very, very British accent, but that's what I heard. The guns were also dressed part Shawn Michaels and part Bret Hart and they also started stealing all of their moves, so that was wonderful. 
But I tell you, they also had a mean streak in them. At one point, they hurled Cash into Barry Barricade and they shoved Dax into the ring steps. And while we see this a lot on wrestling television, there was just some extra oomph here. It made me feel oogly boogly. Austin also pretended he was going to do sweet chin music before he changed his mind and he put the sharpshooter on Dax Harwood. But that's when Cash saved this and he was going to attack Colton. He jumped at him and he went right into Barry Barricade for the second time. And once again, this was absolutely brutal. It left Austin and Dax to fight in the ring. And when Dax went for the classic Bret Hart O'Connor roll, Austin was able to follow it through. He held his brother's hand, and that's right, my friends. The referee went one, the referee went two, and the referee went three, and the guns won the flipping match. This was obviously the biggest victory for the ass boys, and they have had such a good year. This kind of felt like the cherry on top and ties into everything else we have been saying that in 2023, maybe all these young pups will be getting a push. Also, fair play for FTR for totally understanding the situation and building tag team wrestling. I am so intrigued about all of this now, and I'm giving it up. And then talk about 182, because we cut to this video where Sondre Dutt was actually doing the worst rap you have ever heard in your life. No, I'm not kidding. He was also there with Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett. And honestly, fair play to you, Dutt, because you knew how terrible this was, but you just bought in a plum. And I think it was building up the fact that when we get to Rampage, it is going to be Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett taking on Anthony Bowens and Daddy Ass. But I was so taken aback by what was happening here, I may have that totally wrong. As ever though, we are going to up and down every segment, and I was in bits with this. <laughs> it was just goofy wrestling done right. Giving it up. And talking about train wrecks, here we go. For it was time for the Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee to have their big face off. And of all the people, Rick Ross was back and he was moderating. And that sentence by itself is truly, truly crazy. You have absolutely no idea though, because after Ross had introduced Keith Lee, he looked at him and just went, man, I can't do it. You're a big mother Hubbard. And my friends, he did not say mother Hubbard. He dropped the F-bomb. The crowd lost it and so did I. Somebody has to side Rick Ross immediately. So he pulled a Scott Steiner quicker than Scott Steiner pulled a Scott Steiner. And eventually Swerve Strickland did come out after a long delay. And he said to Keith Lee, well, man, I tried to help you out, but you didn't want my help. So now you're going to need eyes in the back of your head. And of course, that is wrestling terminology for someone's about to beat you up. And it was none other than Parker Bordeaux. I didn't see that one coming. Also, he sucked at this. He <laughs> just grabbed him, threw him out of the ring. Throughout this whole period, Swerve had a steel chair and Rick Ross kept going, oh man, Strickland, he's the best. He's so cool. He's my number one guy. When all of a sudden, another random person turned up and I have no clue who this was. And he started to beat up Keith Lee too. This time he was totally screwed because wrestling mass was working against him. And after he had been thumped with the chair, these three put him on Simba the Steel steps. When they got a cinder block, they placed it on Keith's chest as Swerve went to the top rope and he curb stomped the cinder block and basically murdered Keith Lee. Now usually the cinder block spot in wrestling is rubbish because you have to smash it into somebody's head and it just disintegrates. You're like, well, that wasn't real. So this one came across as far more aggressive. Apparently this other guy was some former baseball player called Grandon Grotesman. I mean, this came from Sean Ross Sapp, and he never gets it wrong. But I am not a baseball guy. I was just like this. This is the issue as well. I don't think anybody understood who this dude was going to be. So nobody made any noise, and it was just confusing. And you don't want to confuse your audience, because it takes away from the segment you're trying to see. So it is this P-Knuckle again, because I actually like swerving this a lot. I love the fact that he's going to be leading his own group, and I thought the angle was very well done. So I am going to give it an up, but... <laughs> 
having just a mystery person ran out to the point you're kind of looking left and right to try and see if anybody else wants those going on because you don't want to be the idiot. Well, I don't think that worked at all. And I'm also confused about why a former baseball player is now a wrestler. I mean, look, you're not defined by your one job, but where the hell did he come from? Down. We then had a quick video for that crazy trios rumble, and as ever, the best friends in the Dark Order were just super duper fantastic. When it was time for our main event of Jamie Hater versus Sheeta for the AEW Women's Championship, and forget best women's match of 2002, forget best match of 2002 in general, this is one of the best matches we have done on Dynamite for ages. It was flubbing, flubbing great. And the headline is they tried to beat the absolute life out of each other in the early going by punching each other in the head. And when that didn't work, Sheeta was like, oh, wait a minute, I've got legs too. So she booted Jamie in the head as hard as she could. Even when she hit a suplex, it was like it was done with superpowers. And when she had Jamie Hayter tied up into the ring skirting and just slammed her with a big knee, I was like, well, that's it. She's finished. No one's getting up from that. Instead, Jamie actually got back into this and suplexed Sheeta into the turnbuckle, which always looks like it sucks. And she hit a massive boot on her own while Sheeta was in Barry Barricade land. When they both collided with double clotheslines and went down, I tell you, this was just go, 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 smash. Smash, smash, death, death, death. They were then flying all over the place, so Sheeta, I think, was trying to suplex Jamie Hayter to the outside when Jamie went nope, and she threw Sheeta into the ring apron. This when I opened my window and said, is it the hardest part of the ring? And the blurred flew by and went, tweet, tweet, yes it is. And I was like, thank you, my Robin friend. Also, those t-shirts also available on Pro Wrestling Tees, I'm not getting. Both of them were then just hurling the other one into the floor because screw them, when all of a sudden Sheeta hit the Falcon out of nowhere and got a near fall. But somehow Hater kept getting up, so decided to hit the moonsault, but she missed the damn thing and then she was in trouble. But she got ruined by the Tamashi instead and Sheeta was like, well, I have to hit you with something else because you're just a warrior in here. But when she went for the katana, Jamie Hater just fell down because she was totally exhausted and must have been watching New Japan matches. And I love that spot, it always works. Even more so because Jamie was actually playing possum here. This was a ruse. She got back to her feet and she just killed Sheeta with a lariat. And I totally bought that at the finish. But once again, Sheeta kicked out too. She then hit the hate breaker, but once again, Sheeta kicked out. And that's when I knew this was a big deal. And it freaked out Britt Baker and Rayable because, of course, they got on the ring apron and they started casting distraction. Britt even had Sheeta's kendo stick here and Sheeta was like, no, you ain't doing that. So she need her right in the head and she took the stick and she just took her out. And then felt like this was going to be it because Hater used that to advantage and went for the power bomb. But Sheeta rolled through that when Jamie was still able to hit the damn bomb of power and once again it was a false finish. At this stage I was like, well I don't know who's going to win. Jamie then whammed her with another lariat but once again Sheeta kicked out and I was like, I thought that was the end. I genuinely did. When Hater actually hit the Hater aid and she got the one, two, three, but I've said it once, I'll say it twice, I'll say it all of the time. Nobody lost during this because it was so damn good. And my word did it establish Hater as the women's champion. These two are absolutely badass. To the point, it doesn't just get an up, it gets the golden up. There was fallout afterwards as well, because of course Baker and friends started to beat everybody up when Tony Storm made her return to Dynamite. But the numbers game was still against her because Jamie Hater was back in when Soraya ran down, absolutely killed Rebel, she killed Britt Baker, and the good guys stood tall. And I presume one of these is going to be Soraya's tag team partner in that tag team match in a week or so. I get that's a bit disappointing because everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's going to be Sasha Banks. But either way, this angle is working just fine. And that was one hell of a main event. Which did indeed bring us to the end of the holiday bash. No one's going to hit me this time, are they? No, they're not. And it was just another good AEW Dynamite show. And they are ending the year strong, which is what we should want from all wrestling companies. 
I want 2023 to be the best year ever. I'm giving it up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.